Morning. Morning. I'm Kurt, by the way. Um, thank you, Pastor Brett and, and Adam for uh, sharing that. And uh, one thing I wanted to say is, as I got started today was, you know, when Amanda and I came to Bridgewater Tunkanic, um, one thing that we said is that God is doing a work here. God is doing a work here at Bridgewater, and we don't, don't want to get in the way. And so we've served here and been a part of what's been going on, and it's been awesome to see God work and God changing lives. And um, we're excited to continue to serve in whatever way that God would have us to do so. So um, thank you for that opportunity and for the opportunity to be with you here this morning. Um, if you're new here, welcome. So glad that you're here with us. Uh, please come and introduce yourself if, if I haven't met you before. Um, I've been known sometimes to chase people out the door, so um, I, I'll promise I'll try not to do that if I haven't met you, um, but otherwise, like, please come and introduce yourself to me. I would love to meet you. Um, so last week, we had a missionary come, and that was Jeff Duvall, who was a missionary in Ecuador, and he spoke about the ministry that they have with the police and the firefighters in Ecuador, and um, what a blessing it was to hear about that and what God's doing there, and Bridgewater uh, partners with the Duvals in Ecuador, uh, and we're so excited to do so. And so as we get into our discussion of missions today, the question for you to start off is this. How far would you go to save someone you love? God loves the world, and following him means joining him in trying to reach people to the ends of the earth. How far would you go to save someone you love? When our son was two months old, uh, my wife was in a bad car accident with him. And what happened was is that she hydroplaned coming down a hill and the car flipped over and it landed upside down. And immediately Amanda got out of the car and went into the back seat where Elijah was to make sure that he was okay. He was safe. In fact, he was still sleeping, amazingly. Um, so we were so thankful for that. But, you know, when that happened, um, the paramedics came and they said to Amanda, how did you get out of the car? Because the door, the paramedics could not get the driver door open. They said, how did you get out of the car? She had no explanation for this. She simply said, I needed to get to my son to make sure he was okay. And you know, there are things that we would do. In this case, Amanda would have done anything to, keep, to make sure our son was safe. And there are things that we would do to, to save people that we love. How far would you go to save someone that God loves? We know that he went to the cross for us because he loves us. He sent his son Jesus, to die on the cross and rise again for our sins. That's how much he loves us. And we know that he is willing to go to the ends of the earth to reach people, to, to bring people to himself. About 10 years ago, Amanda, Elijah, and Ezekiel and I, we went on a mission trip to Peru. And if you've ever been to a foreign country, you realize things are different. Um, sometimes things are uncomfortable. There's the language barrier. There's 
In this case, our children were very small at the time, so that was, that, there was some difficulty in that. Um, but we went on this trip um, to Peru, and, and I had the opportunity to counsel this, this man. Um, this man, at the time, was separated from his wife, and his wife was attending uh, what's called the New Life Prenatal Center in Peru. And um, he had struggled with anger and sadness, and, and he, he had wanted to see somebody, but um, he said he would only see a man. And so at that time, in that moment, we were there, and I had the opportunity to see him. And I sat down with him, and he poured out his heart to me and his brokenness and his hurt. And uh, in that moment, um, I shared the gospel of Jesus with him. I shared with him that we're all sinners, and we all fall short of the glory of God. I shared with him that there's nothing that we can do to earn salvation. We all fall short. And I shared with him that Jesus died on the cross and rose again to pay the penalty for that sin. And you know, that day, he embraced Jesus Christ as his Savior. And that smile that you see on his face there, he said, I can't remember the last time I smiled like this. That burden that was lifted off him, that burden of sin. He sought to find hope in his, in his marriage. He sought to find hope in life. And he found Jesus Christ who changed his life. We see this mission played out in the book of Acts chapter 13. In AD 46, over a decade after the resurrection of Christ, almost every Christian was a Jew. Barnabas and Paul, they were headed north into modern-day Turkey to tell people about Jesus. One of their first stops on the way was Poseidon, Antioch. And their strategy was to talk to the Jews because the Jews had the Bible in their hands. The Bible was just the Old Testament at this time. They had the Bible in their hands, and they shared with them. And during their first Saturday, they were there sharing with them. They saw many people come to know Jesus. But then, beginning in verse 44 here in, in uh, Acts chapter uh, 13, it says this, <clears throat> On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. Now, this is not all the Jews, but it's a, a, a small amount of them, particularly the leaders. They began to contradict what Paul was saying and heaped abuse on him. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. We had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now, return, we now turn to the Gentiles, for this is what the Lord has commanded us. He then quotes an over 700-year-old prophecy by Isaiah that says, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Are you willing to be a threat to those in power? Beginning with verse 50, but the Jewish leaders, which were people in power, incited the God-fearing women of high standing, which were also people of power, and the leading men of the city, more people with power, They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from the region. 
Okay, so when we're talking about power here, we're not talking about military power. We're not talking about mafia or gangs type power. We're talking about people of influence. We're talking about intelligent people that were in the community. These were considered to be good people, and the scripture actually calls them God-fearing people. But sometimes Jesus' biggest enemies can be religious people. And I don't think that's an unusual pattern. So they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So why would they be filled with joy? Well, number one, there were people coming to know Jesus Christ. Regardless of what is happening in, in our lives, regardless of what's happening in their lives here, if people are coming to know Jesus, is it worth it? The difficulties that we face, is it worth it? Because people are coming to know Jesus. So that's one reason why they had joy. But another reason was because they were being persecuted. I don't know about you, but I don't necessarily jump up and down when I'm being persecuted, right? And I don't know about you guys either, but I don't know that I would be. But they, they, were, they were excited that they were being persecuted because Jesus said, if you followed him, that you could be whipped, imprisoned, betrayed, and hated that persecution would come. So they were excited because this is what Jesus said would happen. He then said, when you're persecuted in one place, flee to another. So what, that's exactly what they're doing. They were run out of one town, and they went to Lyconium. There, there was a plot to kill them, so they went on to Lystra. And that's where it caught up with them. Some Jews from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over they stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead. So they faced some serious persecution here. And yet, God was doing a work where he was still changing lives. So the question is, are you willing to cross those in power? Are you willing to stick out? Speech and disagreement is already being silenced by those who control the reins of power in our culture. Now, this is really important, so please listen to this. This is where, as a church and followers of Jesus, we must be wise and not waste our credibility. If we're going to be passionate and we're going to make a difference in this world, let it be about Jesus. Let it be about our love for other people. There are a lot of issues today that we could get really, really worked up about that won't matter five years from now. Are you going to ruin your chance to reach someone for Christ because you're arguing on these issues for something that makes no difference for eternity? Or are you going to be concerned with people's souls? We need to be concerned with people's souls. When, when, I'm, when we're talking to someone, we want to make sure that we leave the impression that they're loved. We want people to know that we love them. And if they're offended by Jesus... That's all right. But be careful what, we, what hill you're willing to die on. Are you willing to bring salvation to, to those in need? Verse 47, For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I've made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the earth. Now, Gentile is a word for anyone that's not Jewish. So most of us here are Gentiles. If you're not Jewish... You're a Gentile. 
When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord, and they received the word of the Lord, and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region. What these men started over 2,000 years ago continues to change people's lives today. The solution to almost everything that is wrong with the world is the message of salvation. Addiction, suicide, broken homes, slavery, orphans, racism. At the root of it is people who need Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And essentially the message of salvation is that we can't never be good enough. We can never be good enough. And Jesus paid the penalty for our sin. And we need to trust in him as our Savior. Have you done that? If so, your mission is to bring the message of the gospel to as many people as possible and invite them to follow Jesus with you. My family and I, just actually just a few years ago now, I think four years ago now, we went on a missions trip again, and this time it was to Moldova. Now, Moldova is a small European country in Eastern Europe, and it borders... Uh, Ukraine and Russia. All right, as, as many of you probably know, there's a lot of conflict happening there right now. Uh, it wasn't quite as bad when we were there, but nonetheless, um, when we were going and traveling there to the camp, I remember passing by a, uh, an armed guard with a machine gun and a tank. That was, that was a checkpoint, and that, we're in Moldova, but this was a Russian checkpoint in Moldova. And that was a bit intimidating, I must say. But um, as, we, as we moved forward, as we went into that, to that camp, we, you know, there were difficulties. You know, there were, uh, it was uncomfortable. We didn't know the language. We had to rely on other people. But we had opportunities to build into and invest in the lives of the people there in Moldova. Um, we had the opportunity to share Jesus with them. And on this particular night, this, this slide that you see in front of you, there's, there was about um, 60 people that night that came forward and they accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. Um, it, was, it was such an exciting time to see what God was doing and how he was changing lives. And then, a few nights later, they did another presentation. right? And in this presentation, they said, who wants to be a missionary? All right. Now, you think if you want somebody to do something... You might have some sort of nice thing that draws them in, you know, maybe some cookies or candy. Hey, who wants to do this? You know, well, you know, and, and but you know what? This presentation was not like that at all. Um, Vasily, who was in charge of the camp there, he's, he's speaking in that picture, um, shared the gospel. And then he, he shared about becoming a missionary and sharing about Jesus with people. And, you know... I don't, it, there was not quite as many, maybe 30, 35 there um, in that picture. All these people said, you know what? I'm willing to be a missionary. I want to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people. I want to go wherever God wants to take me, and I want to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That was so exciting. It was surprising because of, you know, it's not, it's not an easy road if you choose to uh, follow after Jesus, um, but it Tell you what, it's worth it. It is so worth it to see the lives changed. Matthew 28, chapter 19 says, Therefore, 
Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you even to the end of the age. Jesus commands that we share the gospel. He commands to make disciples. And, you know, and, um, you know my family and I, we've been on a lot of different trips with opportunities to share the gospel with people. And if you listened to my previous messages, including this one today, you might say, wow, Kurt and Amanda really have a heart for missions. And you know what? You'd be right. But you know what? God has worked on us in a way, so you might ask, well, why, are, why, why is Kurt trying to be the campus pastor in Tunkhannock if his heart is in missions? Because the Tunkhannock and the surrounding area has become our mission field. This is where it starts. To, to do work for Jesus doesn't require that you go overseas. If God calls you overseas, fantastic. But he calls us to wherever we're at to make more and better disciples. And that's one thing I absolutely love about being at Bridgewater. The whole goal, the whole mission is to make more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. That's it. And like I said, we want to be a part of it. We want to be a part of what, what God's doing, and we want to continue to further what, what he's doing because it's his church. How far will you go to save someone you love? Who do you know that needs Jesus? Friends, coworkers, students, maybe you need Jesus today. There's a card there on your seat that says, pray, invest, invite. I'd like you to think about that, to writing three names down this week. Write three names down of people that you know that don't know Jesus. Or put down names of missionaries or missions that you're going to pray for so that they can reach more people for Jesus. So this week, go ahead and write down those names. And as you go through, pray is the first part. Pray for salvation. It is not our job to save anyone. Jesus does that work. It's only our job to share it. Jesus changes lives. So we want to pray for them. We want to invest. Invest in people's lives. Um, find out what their needs are. Help meet their needs. Serve them. Love on them. Show them how much you love them. Invest in their lives. And then finally, invite. Invite them to church. Invite them to small group. Invite them out for coffee. Invite them out to dinner. Be invested in, in, in these folks' lives and pray that God will do a work. If you pray that God will give you opportunity, he will. I've done it a lot of times, and I'm telling you, he will do it. Bridgewater supports missions in South Africa, Guatemala, Ethiopia, Togo, West Africa, India, Japan, Germany, Ecuador, Peru, and CareNet right here in Thunkanic. And after the service, those, all of that's going to scroll on the screen, and you'll be able to see all the different uh, missions that Bridgewater partners with. And we're very excited about what God is doing around the world and right here in Thunkanic. So my prayer is that 
you won't get bogged down with political fights or mandates or fighting against the government because of our American rights. My prayer is that each and every heart here will be broken for the lost. Will be broken for people who don't know what it's like to be loved unconditionally. They've never experienced the love of Jesus. The church will move forward and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The question is, will you choose to be part of the Great Commission? Will you choose to be part of what Jesus is doing in this world today? Will you participate in that by, by getting involved with the missionary, partnering with the missionary, um, getting connected with, with local missions, or by sharing with your neighbor? Um, loving on your neighbor, those sort of things, you know, and then even when it's difficult. But, you know, after that conversation, even if they don't choose to believe, may they always know that you love them. May they walk away knowing that you love them. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we can never thank you enough for how much that you've given to us. The free gift of salvation through your son Jesus is more than we could even ask or think, Lord. But that free gift comes from you and we, we thank you for it. I pray, God, that if there's someone here today that does not know you, that they would not leave without making that decision today. I pray for those that are here that do know you, Lord, that those names that are put on that card this week that we fervently pray for those people and that we desire that more people will come to know you because, because you change everything. Thank you, Lord, for how much you love us. And I just pray that that love would flow through us to other people. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.